Well, good morning, everyone. Oh, it's so great to see your lovely faces here this morning. I want you to look at this picture that's up on the screen, if you would, please. I don't know if you can see it all the way in the back, but I want you to look at what's kind of in the, up in the sky. And can you see all the different colors up there? And it looks a little bit different. You know what this is a picture of? It's a picture of all the different electromagnetic waves that are around us. Isn't it interesting? I find it just interesting that we're surrounded 24-7 by all these different electromagnetic, magnet, electromagnetic waves. I just find it interesting that we're surrounded by those 24-7, but most of us were completely oblivious to them, right? It's not until we tune in into one of them that we actually realize that they are there and that they're there for a purpose. Um, why don't you look at this beautiful antique right here. For those of you who are millennials and Generation Z, this is called a radio. <laughs> it's from my grandfather's generation. But it's a, it's a, a great piece, not just a furniture, something to look at. But it actually does something. Again, for all you millennials and Generation Z, it actually does something. And, but it's, been, it's just been sitting here all morning, and it's not until you turn it on that you begin to discover its function. Because it wants to find those different radio waves that are kind of around us here this morning. And so all you have to do is just begin to tune it in until it begins to find a station, maybe. <laughs> it has a hard time this morning because of all the interference that we're having here. It's old. Can you hear it? I find it interesting because those radio waves have been around us all morning. Right? But it's not until you tune it to its frequency do we get to hear those voices that are being shot all around us. They're, they're all around us. These radio waves are all around us, but it's not until we actually tune them in do you begin to hear it. I want you to think about that this morning because this morning we are starting a new series that we're calling Frequency. And just like a radio host broadcasts his voice through the airwaves, God broadcasts his voice all over the world. He's constantly speaking and he's, he's interacting with us. But only the question is, are we actually tuned into his frequency? In other words, are we putting ourselves in a position to hear his voice and to respond to his voice because he is speaking. I want you to think about this question here as we start here this morning, because what is the major difference between someone who believes in Jesus and someone who doesn't? Or maybe make it a little bit more personal. If you're a Christian here this morning, what's the difference between you and someone who's a non-Christian? Well, the answer, I think, is pretty simple because the answer is that if you're truly a Christian, then you have a relationship with God. And if you have a relationship with, uh, with God, then this is something you personally experience. This is not something that your mom can do for you. This is not something that your spouse can do for you. It's not something that your kids can do for you. It's not something I can do for you. A personal relationship is only something that you can do for yourself. And one of the key ingredients to any, any dynamic personal relationship is that it must have effective communication, right? Any effective relationship has to have good communication because a relationship without effective communication really is no relationship at all. And how many of you wives know exactly what I'm talking about? Come on, fellas, we need to probably do a little bit better job at that. I should look at this passage here in Romans chapter 8, verse 14. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. Let that kind of sink into you. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. See, God wants to talk to you. 
God wants to interact with you. God wants to give you counsel. He wants to give you guidance. He wants to show you the things that of, our, of the future. He wants to help you with the things, the different difficulties and challenges that you face every single day of your life. And God wants to put you at the right place at the right time. This is what God wants to do. And one of the chief characteristics of a son or, da- or, son or a daughter of God is that you are led by the voice of God. And this is not something that should happen just every once in a while on a blue moon. But this is something that should happen on a regular, consistent basis for every one of us. We should be hearing the voice of God consistently in our lives. Why? Because God is constantly speaking. He's he's always been speaking from old until now. This is just who he is. God's not deaf. He's not mute. But he is constantly speaking, want to interact with every single one of us. And the Bible says that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so the God that you read about in your Bible, who interacted with the great men and women of faith, is the same God who's, who's alive and well today, who wants to interact in your life as well. And this is who God is. He's always been one who spoke, and he continues to speak until today. Fifteen times in the New Testament, Jesus says, he who has ears, let him hear. Jesus wanted to make sure that we understood that God wants to speak to us. In John 8, verse 47, Jesus says, he who is of God hears God's words. In John 10, 27, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And so, The difference between how a Christian makes a decision and how a non-Christian makes a decision is that a Christian seeks to hear God's voice. A Christian seeks to hear what it is that God is saying about that particular situation, about what he would want to, how he would want to input into those decisions that we're making. I mean, think about this. If you're trying to figure out if you should take this job that's being offered for you, the non-Christian will take all the pluses and minuses of that new job. The non-Christian will take the pros and the cons, advantages and disadvantages, the overall general feel of that opportunity, and then make a decision. That's what the non-Christian will do. Well, the Christian will do those things, but as well, the Christian will also seek to hear God's voice. Because here's the thing. We don't know everything, right? And so as Christians, we recognize that. We want to hear God's input on what's going on in our life. And so a Christian realizes that the reality could be that this job that is being offered by this company, that company may be relocating to Anchorage, Alaska in the next year. And I don't know, maybe you want to go to Anchorage, Alaska, but it might be good for you to know that that company is being relocated to Anchorage, Alaska, right? In case you don't want to go to Anchorage, Alaska. Not that there's anything wrong with Anchorage, Alaska. But if you take the job, you're going to end up in Anchorage, Alaska. So you might want to know that, right? This company that's offering you this job, you don't know this, but they're in this process of being merged with another company. And eventually that position they're offering you is going to be phased out. Or this company, they're not showing you all the financials that's going on with this company. And you don't know this, but they're in the process of going bankrupt. See, all of these things are things that there's absolutely impossible for us to understand. It's impossible for us to know these things in the natural. And so wouldn't you rather make a decision about your life's future based upon the input of God's knowledge, not just your own? That's what we're talking about here. Because God wants to speak to you and to me, and we need to be able to hear God's voice in all these different areas of our life. Yes, in, in, in our vocational life, in our, in our job situation, we need to be able to hear God's voice. We need to be able to hear God's voice with our relationships, with our, our families. We need to hear God's voice concerning our health. There are things that get hidden in our body, and once you want to know, God, you need, to, you need to show me what's going on in my body. Doctors only know so much, but God knows you inside and out. He fearfully and wonderfully made you. And so wouldn't you rather have God's input? Wouldn't you rather have God's knowledge and not just your own or not even the great doctors that are around? We need to hear God's voice in the areas of how we're going to serve and and minister. We need to hear God's voice concerning our future. Because let me just say this. The only way you can walk in certainty is when you hear God's voice. There is a lot of uncertainty in our world today. And the only way that we can walk in certainty is by hearing God's voice. Look at this in John chapter 10, starting in verse 1. Jesus says, 
Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. See, folks, in case you didn't realize this, Jesus is your good shepherd. Jesus is your good shepherd, and we are his sheep. Do you know that? You are God's sheep. Come on, turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I am God's sheep. All right, now tell the person who just t- said that to you. So just tell that, turn to that person who just spoke that to you. Look at them in the eyes and say, I, I wondered where that smell was coming from. <laughs> no, how, no, nobody said that. Oh, come on. But did you notice here, did you notice here in this verse how the good shepherd guides his sheep? Look at this again, verse 3. It says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. See, the good shepherd leads his sheep by his voice. Listen, folks, that's how we're to live our lives. We're to live our lives seeking to hear the voice of God. We're to live our lives dependent upon hearing the voice of God, not just doing what you think. But knowing God has input into your life, that God is speaking and he wants to speak. He wants to bring input into all these different areas of your life. And so we need to be the ones who seek out his voice. That's what it means to be truly a son or a daughter of God. Now let me qualify this because that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have all these different visions all the time. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to hear God's audible voice all the time. Not that he won't do those types of things, but there there are... other ways that God tends to more commonly speak to us. And so in, through this series, what we're going to do, I'm going to show you some of the different ways that God tends to speak to us today. And I want to show you just how to do this in kind of a practical way. How do we learn to hear God's voice? How do we walk this out? How do we seek to hear what God has for us in regards to these decisions that we need to make? How do we learn to be able to acknowledge and recognize His voice in the situations that we come in context with? Because just like I said earlier... Just as a radio host broadcasts his voice across the airwaves, God is broadcasting his voice all across the world. The only question is, am I tuning in to his frequency? Am I stopping and listening for his voice? Am I seeking out his voice? I think this is so imperative for everyone because hearing God's voice may be the difference between life and death for you. Literally. Hearing God's voice may be the difference between life and death for you. Hearing God's voice may be the difference between flourishing and languishing. Hearing God's voice may be the difference between open doors and closed doors. Those are things that God wants to bring input into our lives, and hearing God's voice is definitely the difference between walking in the supernatural and just walking in the natural. And let me just say this. Walking in the supernatural is what God created you for. And when we walk in the supernatural, I tell you, that's when life begins to get interesting. Because now it's not just based on what you can do. Not just, now it's not just based upon what you're able to muster up and the doors you're able to open up and the wisdom and the knowledge that you have. Now you have God's thoughts. Now you have his things, his input on what's going on. And that's when life starts getting interesting. Today we're celebrating our our first year anniversary here at One Chapel Lake Travis. Now, for those of you that aren't clapping, you you may not know why everybody's clapping. Because this has been an extraordinary year from my perspective, and I think for so many different people's perspective, because we've witnessed um, the extraordinary nature of God when He begins to input into our lives. One year ago, God began to do this extraordinary thing of bringing two churches, two families together. But I'm telling you, this would have never happened if it weren't for people who got themselves in a position to stop and listen and hear the voice of God. I know, Courtney and I, we wouldn't be here today 
if we hadn't heard the voice of God and responded to his voice as well. Many of you know our story here. I had been the lead pastor up in um, the southern part of Wisconsin for 14 years, and we had taken over a church in 2001, a church that was going through a really difficult situation and dwindled down to around 100 people. And in that part of the country is a very unchurched part of, of, our, of our country. It's really difficult. Churches really struggle in that part of the country. But during those 14 years, we saw God do something extraordinary. He took that little church, and over the next 14 years, it grew from 100 people to over 1,200 people, and we had five different campuses. That, that may seem nothing to you here in the big state of Texas, but let me just say, in that part of the country in Wisconsin, that is absolutely extraordinary. When churches are dwindling, when churches are dying, when churches are closing their doors, to have that type of thing happen, there was absolutely extraordinary. It was, it was amazing to be a witness of that and to be part of all of that, and we loved it. We were having a fantastic time. We loved what we were doing. Our kids were growing up in that area. They, they loved all, all that was happening up there, became Packer fans and Badger fans, and it's hard to get it out of their blood even still today. Our best friends were on our staff, and uh, I mean, we, we, we were loving what we were doing, you know, to be honest. We had no intention of leaving. I mean, how do you, how do you leave something like that? And we thought this was probably would be the place that we would retire after, after a while. But in January of 2015, God began to stir in my heart, and he began to speak to me that the assignment that he had given us when we went up to Wisconsin was now over. And so we began to seek God. What, what does that mean? What are we supposed to do in, in all of that? And eventually we felt like God spoke to us again and, and told us that we were to come down here into Austin and help our friends Ross and Amy with their church here in Austin called One Chapel. And so we started that process of being able to, to leave up there in Wisconsin. It was probably the four, four months of the hardest time we'd ever had. I probably cried more during those four months than, than I'd ever had in my entire life. It was just it was excruciatingly difficult to leave there, not really knowing what we were coming to, not really understanding what God was saying. We were just trusting him again. This is what he said, and so we're going to respond. We're going to follow him here to Austin, Texas. And we started getting our, our kind of feet established and started figuring out, okay, this is what's going to happen. This is what we're going to do until October of 2015 when uh, the pastoral leadership team of Pertinalis River Fellowship approached Pastor Ross about merging our two churches together. And that really began to change my world because immediately Pastor Ross and I both realized that one of the reasons why God brought Courtney and I down here was for this, to be a part of leading a new congregation coming together. And uh, on February um, 14th in 2016, we had our first service here as One Chapel Lake Travis. Just an extraordinary piece of happening together. Perspective is fantastic, isn't it? Perspective is, when you're going through it, though, you don't know. You're, you're walking a bit blindly. You hear, you're trying to hear what God says. And God tends to give us a little piece at a time, a little piece. I always want to have the whole picture ahead of time, but I have yet for experience that God usually just gives me a little piece and then a little piece, and we trust and we walk forward. But looking back now, I know now why God was speaking to me in January of 2015. I had no idea at the time why, but I now know that there were people who were praying for what God wanted to do and what God could do, and many of you are here in this room, and we are here, I can just testify, we're here as a result of your prayers. And so think about that. There were people here in Spicewood, Texas, who were seeking God, who were praying for God to do something. Courtney and I were in Whitewater, Wisconsin, praying and seeking God for what he had. Something was going on in our hearts. There were people here in Spicewood, Texas, that were seeking to hear the voice of God and what God would have um, for this season of their life here in Spicewood, Texas. And Courtney and I were doing that in Whitewater, Texas, Whitewater, Wisconsin, um, I did that already in a wedding, by the way. <laughs> I get, I'm so confused here. But we were praying in Wisconsin, seeking God for what he had for our lives. And it was the result of people who were seeking God and listening to God's voice and responding to God's voice. It's because of that that we're now able to experience what we're experiencing here today. And let me just say, it's, 
it, from my perspective, again, it's extraordinary. What God has done in the past year of bringing people's lives together, literally from across the country, and what has happened over this last year, only God could do something like that. None of us in this room could have planned this. I had no idea Spicewood, Texas even existed. <laughs> There's no way, there's no way that we could ever put this together of what we've been experiencing here this last year. And so I want you to hear, hear from a couple people here this morning and kind of their perspective from this past year. Suzanne, why don't you come up, up here? This is Suzanne Zuka, everybody. Hello, guys. And, and uh, when Chapel Austin knew that this was supposed to happen, 
but there were things that we had to go through together to get there. And so it had to be presented, it had to be done correctly and legally, and you know, we voted on it, and and it was a deal. It was it was this awesome thing. And so we know that Ruth and Naomi were like jumping out of their socks with excitement that they uh, that they were redeemed, that they were rescued. And you know, this is what happened. If you don't know the story, we were rescued. We were languishing. You know, we were dying. And you know, we didn't have much time left. And the people that were in charge knew that. And I believe that my chapel has rescuing and redemption is part of their DNA. And that's just like Boaz did. Don't know who Boaz's mom was? She was Rahab, the prostitute, who lived in the wall of Jericho, who rescued the spies that Joshua sent. You know, she rescued him. She did them under flats on the roof. All this harvest and rescue at the same time. You know, and so, so Boaz had this in his DNA. This is who he was. Uh, and, you know, I'm sure that first year together with Ruth and Boaz, there were probably some really awkward times. They were strangers. Here they are, you know, married suddenly. And I'm sure she felt really weird a lot. And we felt that way sometimes. There have been awkward times this year. There have been times of drama and times of anxiousness and tension. And each of those times was an opportunity for us to see that Russ is a good shepherd. That Russ can be trusted. That Russ can do things This is Danny Harrell, everybody. Why don't you give him a hand with you?
but that wasn't God's purpose for us. And little did I know, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't about me. You know, every, everything in my life's always been about me, about being. Okay, I, people who know me know the type of person I am. I'm authoritarian. I'm, you know, go-getter. I'm, I'm very aggressive, and it's about being. But God had it on his heart to change me. And he brought us here to Spicewood. And we started looking for churches. And I, before my wife and family got here, I had an opportunity to come here when it was still PRF. And I saw people here, you know, that were really, really good people. I didn't get to know the pastor very well. Uh, and I don't think that was the purpose, okay? But there was something that was missing at the time. I didn't know what it was, but there was just something missing. And so we continued to look. When my wife got here, we started looking for churches that we wanted to be a part of as a family. And we went to churches in Austin, and we kind of skipped this church, and we looked around, and, and I told my wife one day, I said, you know, I went to PRF, and I said, you know, I'd like for us to go here uh, at least one time so you can see it, you know, because it wasn't the type of church we were used to attending. So I brought my wife here. Uh, we came, and, and we sat in, in, the, in the church, and we listened to the sermon, and we both looked at each other and said, man, it's, it's not the Word of God is not speaking to us, okay? Not like we're used to having it brought to our heart. But we, when we got up and got ready to leave, it was the people that brought the Word. They came to us. They talked to us. They made us feel comfortable. And we walked out of here with sadness on our heart that they weren't getting what they deserved, what they wanted, what they needed. And we went about our, our daily lives and, you know, went looking and still looking and stuff like that. And I told her, I said, you know, there's something about that church. And this is before the merger. This is before and a half. And it was, you know, six months a year. I don't remember exactly what it was my life could tell you. But I felt like we were being drawn here. God had a purpose. And over the next six months, we began to see that it wasn't just us. God was bringing other people to this church. That he was changing their people's lives. He was preparing this body for a change. And that's why he brought us here. Okay? Little did I know, he, he really brought us here for my wife. Okay? Because she has adopted the One Chapel Children's Academy. And if you look today and watch how it's grown, yeah. it's amazing to watch how she's grown with those children and her love for the people in this church and for the young children and for the families of those to, to bring those people to this church is amazing. And that makes me so proud as a husband. My wife was able to stand back and say, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to push you anymore. I'm going to let you make your own decisions. And I watched this board of elders go through a terrible time in their life, okay, a rough time in their life. They took more criticism from people like me for the decisions that they had to make. Okay, but they pulled it off. And they pulled it off because God was behind them. Pastor Tress, who stood in the gap for this church when we didn't have a full-time pastor, okay, who had so many things. God had prepared them 
for me. <laughs> and if it hadn't been for this man right here, okay, who was constantly behind me, okay, pushing me, teaching me, building me up, preparing me, preparing me, okay, I wouldn't be here today. I, I, I just wouldn't. I, I know myself. I love the people that are here. And I can tell you one thing. Everybody that's sitting out here in this, this audience has got a purpose. That's right. That's right. And they're here for a reason. Yeah. And God called you here. Yeah. Whether you know it or not. Okay. Right. You are our family. You are what makes us who we are. Who makes us special. And God's us. And I can see this thing growing immensely and putting so much more pressure on Russ to have two sermons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. So I want to tell you, for me, it's been a great experience. And I had no idea what I was going to say when I got up here. But I want to thank the elder board. If they would just stand up for a minute, for those of you, okay, who were, were part of the elder board when that decision was made. Because we owe them... This is Miss Lisa Kirby. Why don't you give your hand up for her as well? So, my name is Sharon Lynch. I picture a thousand words, and I got a thousand words, you don't have time to hear. So, I'm, I'm going to show this picture. This is a painting that was um, done in 2010. It was a prophetic painting um, by a gal who was part of this church at the time. And uh, it's Katie Biggs. Katie Biggs Hammond now. But anyway, um, it, it went along with um, a scripture from Isaiah 35, which I might have been to later, but check it out if I don't, because it's, it's really good. And as you can see, um, one of the things that the Christians the desert land, and, um, and then there's this, this big day of leadership. And which comes down and, and brings just kind of this life. And this is really what this last year has taught me. Um, and I know it has for a lot of you. Um, but part of it is this, um, this thing of shift in the spiritual climate of this place that has just been so massive. You know, um, and what Alan said was true, that it really is God that um, calls the saints to grow and brings the rains. But the unseen realities, uh, the unseen spiritual realities in people's lives make a difference, right? I mean, our fruitfulness is tied into our abiding in Christ, right? And so where you have, you know, where the spiritual realities of, of, of leadership are that they are genuine and wholehearted and lives laid down lovers of Jesus whose passion and aim and everything that they have every single day is going toward bringing that goodness and bringing that life and kingdom of God to the world. So we've got that. That has a massive impact, right, on the people that they lead and, and on the fruitfulness of their lives. And, and the fruitfulness, I think, of this church has just exploded in this last year in large part because of that massive shift in spiritual atmosphere. And I can tell you that I, I, I feel that. I feel that in what I'm doing. I, like, there's an ease to, to everything that we do that, um, that I think is because of that, because of that, that shift in the spiritual atmosphere. It's like, if I can steal a phrase from an old Ben or song, it's like a wind beneath my wings, you know? I mean, I really I just feel this, 
feel this lift and this help spiritually that, that I haven't felt in a really long time. It's really good. And I know that part of that is because the leadership actually regularly, passionately prays for us. You know, and I feel those tenders. I, I feel a change in my, in my own um, understanding of things, in my marriage, in my relationships, in, in the work that I do. I mean, everything is sort of, there's, a, there's an easierness uh, to all of it, you know? Um, so that has been huge. And then I think then the other part is um, just the spiritual nourishment that we've gotten here that's been so good. And Suzanne referred to it too, but um, just the depth of the richness of the scripture that is brought to us so regularly. It's, it's like nothing I've ever eaten before. It's just so good for the first six months. <laughs> you sat next to me, you know, that just about every time I was to teach, I would just, I'd be bawling. And part of it was, part of it was truly this grief, like, where is this in? You know, like, I could have used this information before, you know, this is very helpful, uh, but where is this in my life? And then the other was just this, I just such gratitude um, and such joy for what God has done. And, um, and I was telling Russ the other night after, I, I don't cry quite as much anymore. I'm trying to hold it together, but um, the other night after Cattles 3, uh, I, you know, I began to came up to the tears, and I just said, you know, I feel like, as a believer for a long time, I have a lot of the sort of the pieces of the truth, um, but I'm, I'm just being so equipped right now to like to pull them together into a picture that makes sense, you know. And nobody's ever done that for me before. I'm super grateful. I was all gushy about how grateful I was. But I mean, there's been little pieces kind of put together over here, and I had some put together over here. But, but now I'm starting to, it, it's, it's coming together in this big, beautiful picture, and I'm starting to see myself in it, and it just, it all makes more sense. So, I, you know, I, I'm just super grateful for you equipping. And then lastly, um, this year has been, I think, more than anything for my soul, it has been just a, just a profound evidence of um, the fact that God he hears our prayers and he answers. There were, there were a lot of people here that prayed for a lot of years for him to come in great measure and fill this place with his presence in a way that we weren't experiencing. And, um, and he's, he is answering those prayers. He has answered those prayers. And, and I have this hope now. Um, I mean, it's, it's like deep in my faith to ask the disciples, Wow, crazy big things, you know? Because he's, he, this, we couldn't see it, and here it is. And I don't even think he's close to being done. So I just want to encourage all of us to like, like to pray the wild, crazy prayers because he really does hear. He really, in 2010, he knew what was up, and it always only just be done. So let me read to you this chat. This is what he said. This is what he said about this place. And, um, so he said, even. This is out of Isaiah 35. Even the wilderness and desert will be glad in those days. The wasteland will rejoice and blossom with spring crocuses. Yes, there will be an abundance of flowers and singing and joy. The deserts will become as green as the mountains of Lebanon, as lovely as Mount Carmel or the plain of Sharon. There the Lord will display his glory the splendor of our God. With this news, strengthen those who have tired hands and encourage those who have weak knees. Say to those fearful hearts, be strong and do not fear, for your God is coming to destroy your enemies. He is coming to save you. And when he comes, he will open the eyes of the blind. Come on. And unplug the ears of the deaf, and the lame will leap like a deer, and those who cannot speak will sing for joy. Springs will gush forth in the wilderness, and streams will water the wasteland. The parched ground will become a pool, and springs of water will satisfy the thirsty land. Marsh grass and reeds and rushes will flourish where the desert jackals once lived. Yeah. 
was my favorite part. And a great road will go through that once deserted land. It will be named the Highway of Holiness. So good. So good. This is, I just want to, want, you, I want to say it again, that when we hear the voice of God, this is what he wants for us, and it sets us on this path of our lives not just being natural, but being it supernatural, and that's what I want for every one of you, and so I'm going to do my best that I can to try to teach you how to hear the voice of God, because that's what makes the difference. And you may not know it, but the reason why you're even here this morning is because people have prayed for you, and people have listened to the voice of God and have followed the leading of the Holy Spirit, and that's even the reason why you are here. This may be a discovery here for you. You're on this journey, as so many of us are, but I want to just tell you, it is, it's an incredible adventure with God that you don't even have a clue what it is, but it is, it's, it's nothing like you've ever experienced until you, you start following the voice of God. We put together just a little bit of a video to try to recap a little bit of this past year, so why don't you draw your attention to the screen. Let's watch this together. Hey, everybody, welcome home. <laughs> I believe God's, God has spoken to you, and, and I, I, I just want to say welcome home. I, I think God has done something incredible. I want you to listen to Leanne. Those of you who don't know who Leanne this is, I want you to welcome her, if you would, please. Come stand on your feet, if you would, please. I want you to grab a hold of the person's hand beside you. The Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, he says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can conceive the good things that God has prepared for us. Yeah. Let that resonate. Because I can tell you, nobody in their wildest dreams could have saw this day happen. I know I couldn't, you know, and I don't think anybody in this room could have either, but it's in the heart of God. God put and planted a church here in 1978, put it in people's hearts that there would come a day where there would be tens of thousands of people living in the Spicewood, Briarcliff, Bee Cave area that, and then nobody could have, could have even comprehended 
but is in the heart of God. And I want you to hear that because you are in the heart of God. And you may not be able to see it, hear it, understand it. The end of that scripture says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can conceive the good things God has prepared for us for lo- who love him, but he reveals it to us by his spirit. So he wants to reveal those things to you. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, it says, it talks about the incredible nature of God that he does these exceedingly, abundantly, beyond what we could ever ask, hope, imagine, or think. That is the God that we sing about, talk about. That's the reason why we come here. It's not for a person or a program or for a church. It's because he has those wonderful things in store for your life. And we're surrounded here today by people who are trying to figure this out. And you may have been, just like Leanne said, you may have already taken a leap, and some of you are thinking, I don't even know why I'm here this morning. And let me just say, this is what you were created for, and there is so much more. Come on, let's pray here this morning. Father, we do, we thank you. We're so incredibly grateful, God for what you have done here in our lives and in this church and in this area. And, and so, Father, right now, we just want to say thank you. Father, we couldn't have seen it or heard it or understood it, even if you would have told us. It wouldn't have made any sense. But, Lord, I thank you for how you do lead us. And, Lord, I pray as we continue this journey that we would be people who would seek your voice. God, that we would tune into your frequency, that we would put ourselves in a position to hear your voice and to respond to your voice, to be those in this area who are willing. God, we make ourselves willing and available for you. And Lord, we just speak blessing on the people on our left and right, the people in the front of us and behind us, those we know and those we don't know. God, that you would just continue to work in their lives that this next year, in their lives, it would be extraordinary. Lord, it would be filled with the supernatural as all of us continue to seek and to hear your voice and to respond to you. God, we want to be that. Lord, we want more of your life to work in us and through us. And so, God, I do believe that this is just the beginning. We've just started this journey And so, God, we're not going to try to figure it out or guess it. We just want to follow along with what you have in store. And so right here and right now, God, we just say yes and amen to your purpose and your plans. And, Lord, we want to be a part of it. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. Hey, everybody. So Suzanne, who spoke here first, she made this amazing red velvet cake that is all for you. I believe those who don't want cake, there's fruit and other healthy things out there. Um, So save the red velvet for those of us who want it. But just just take a little bit of time. Enjoy. Let's just kind of celebrate this as a reception. This will forever go down as a day of a welcome home day that we celebrate on a yearly basis. So everybody, welcome home. Happy anniversary, everybody. God bless you. Have a great week.